Hey there, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Smashing Crossbar Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, joined by Ben once again. How are you, mate? Not too bad. Yourself, mate? How have you been this week so far? Oh, you know, another day in Victorian paradise. You know, just oh, did yeah, a... I'm feeling you, man. <laughs> yeah, another day. I suppose lucky to be working. So, yeah, no, other than that, lucky how about you. yourself? Yeah, I know, mate. Couple of weeks, mate. Couple of weeks. You'll be right. I just so... want to go back already. <laughs> uh, let us know, everyone, if obviously you can hear Benno. Obviously, we have the, the odd occasional dramas with Benno's um, voice, but we'll see how we go tonight. We are joined by Adam Peacock. Um, he needs no introduction, obviously. If you haven't seen him around on Fox Sports, what the hell are you, you doing? Haven't, you haven't been watching football, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, we, we do thank him gratefully for jumping on and obviously asking or answering a few of our questions. How are you, anyway, mate? Good guys, good guys. Good to hear you. You're getting through it down in Victoria, and everything else is okay. Um, oh. All things considered, but uh, yeah, it's not a not an easy time for anyone, especially anyone who lives in uh, in Victoria. Yeah, mate, it's a bit of um, bit of hectic times down here. Hopefully, you know, we sort it out and get through Christmas, and then obviously back to some A League, obviously next year. I'm guessing so with some crowds. It's the big one. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, um, yeah, we're just going to hit you with a few questions. Um, obviously, yeah, a few topics, obviously, in regards to football. And, um, yeah, we'll go from there. So, so pretty much we'll start, obviously, you know, from your youth. Obviously, born and raised in Sydney, Northern Beaches. Uh, worked at Channel 7 from 98 to 2006 uh, when Fox Sports approached you to present Fox Sports News, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Sydney born and bred and luckily never had to, to move out of Sydney and away from where I grew up. So I was one of the lucky ones in, in my industry, at least, that you didn't have to go to um, other areas or other parts of Australia to kind of get going in the industry. I was always lucky to kind of, um, yeah, never had to leave the area that I've, I've grown up in and, yeah, got a, uh, a job at Channel 7, which I really enjoyed for eight years and then went across to Fox and been there for now 14 years. So it's, um, it's all gone really quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, any if you guys have got any questions in the chat as well, just feel free to throw them in. If we've got time, we'll in the, obviously if they're you know, decent ones, we'll um we'll throw them to him. Uh, ben and I are just going to run through these question for question. So I'll let you start, Ben. Yep, go for it. I've got here. We understand that you're quite the respected author, having written that night and General Geese's Fried Geese's. I uh, just wanted to confirm that the novel My Love Will Turn You On is also written by you. And um, would we find that in the same section or would we find it in the section next to the sports section? I've got no idea what you're talking about with that other one. <laughs> <laughs> we figured as much. Yeah. We, we, we were praying, put it that way. Yeah. Why was it, what, there's another Adam Peacock who's written a book called that. Apparently yeah. so. When I checked all books written by Adam Peacock, that one come up in the list with the other two. Good. Good. Um, we're just um, like, no, it can't be. But we'll ask anyway. <laughs> no, not mine, <laughs> not mine. So yeah, um, the the author bits. Uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get back to it one day and and go do a bit more. But I'm, I can't say I'll be writing a book under that title. <laughs> yeah, from from what we understood, it was uh, a, a collection of romantic short stories, and we figured, mm, don't think so. Not me. Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. So obviously, it's definitely something that you don't mind. Obviously, you you, you love doing. Obviously, um, I've I've read obviously um. What is it? The was it the night? The night that night. Yeah, the, that night. Obviously, we're talking about two thousand and six. 
Yep. Um, I've read that one. Obviously, it's a good read. I haven't read the General Geese's Fried Geese's. I'm guessing that's a kid's book. What? No, never. I didn't write that one. I wrote another one called Beautiful Chaos, which is basically a collection <laughs> of sh- short stories from the Brazil World Cup. So I don't know where you got that one either. Same <laughs> so thing. So. There, there we go. I mean, I found like very little on Beautiful Night. Oh, very yeah, beautiful the, chaos. The beautiful chaos. Yeah. Sorry, I found very, very little on it, and every page that I could find about it, it redirected to a blank page. Yeah, fair enough. That pretty much sums sums up how the book sales went as well. So, now that that was more an experiment just to figure out how I, um, in if I enjoyed actually that that process, and I really did. So, two years later or a year later, I wrote a bigger book, and um, now I know that I can do it. Um, I will go and. Uh, find another subject one day, no rush, and um, do some more, I'd say. I was about to yeah, say, if, if we're, we're going to write a few more, I think we might, we might have to find a, a good pseudonym for you so we're not clashing with Adam Peacocks that are other authors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jeff Young's just exactly. coming with um, Fifty Shades of Bozza. would be a hit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not writing that, no way. No way. <laughs> Uh, um, I've got the next one. You have spoken about the fact that you play football, park football. Um, yes. Have you ever had any injuries? If so, what was it and obviously how bad? Uh, I had to have back surgery um, and that was just a wear and tear one. It's like nothing serious. It's like a disc, um, disc shaved off um, because it had a ruptured uh, L5S1. So um, I had to get that fixed up, but nothing, been really lucky, nothing really, really bad. I got, um, I got a really bad cork once and that ended up in a version of compartment syndrome, which I'm not yeah. sure if anyone's ever had, but um, yeah, that right. wasn't much fun at all. Um, but apart from that, no broken legs, no broken, uh, no snap knee ligaments or anything like that. So pretty lucky. Well, you did better than me, mate. I had to retire from even park football at 28. <laughs> the brain wanted to keep going, but the muscles yeah. just gave up. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's, it's not fun. Not fun at all. Gucci. All right, I'll move on to the next one that I have, and that is, mate, you've been to more Olympic games than Matt Vandenberg has been to Jets games. Out of all of them, which mm-hmm. one has been the most exciting to cover as a presenter? Uh, London was pretty good because that was actually I was there for Wimbledon as well, so ah, yes, that was more socially very, very good. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed the Turin uh, Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know, just, just like, yeah, just really, really enjoyed it. And the Sydney 2000 Olympics because it was in my home city. So, oh, um, yeah, a few of them. That one. Most, most of them were really enjoyable, and um, those three in particular were really good. Obviously, talking about obviously on that, what, what were some of the what were some of the sports um, that obviously you, you covered Ooh. over? There? Everything. Pretty much everything. Um, everything. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky at the uh, London Olympics. I did a bit of athletics as opposed to just presenting in the studio as well. So you end up interviewing everyone that comes through. And then um, all the way to Winter Olympics when I was doing like things like ski jumping. So, yeah, it was. Um, it, that, that's the beauty of Olympics. You work on things that ordinarily uh, day-to-day you don't. And, yeah, I got to, uh, got to do it. It was good fun. Oh, very, very good, very good. Uh, next question we've got here is, so let's say down the track all A-League sides were up for grabs uh, to new owners. Out of all current A-League clubs, which would you like to own and why? Hmm. Um, Central Coast Mariners because you're operating from a low base in terms of improvement 
Um, so <laughs> you can you, you've got scope to do it your way more so than if you took over a Melbourne Victory, Western Sydney Wanderers, Sydney FC, when the expectation would be through the roof straight away, um, given what they've achieved, especially Sydney FC in the last couple of seasons. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go Mariners, actually, because because um, I've got a good academy and uh, they're not too far from my, ho- my house either. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were close. The correct answer we were looking for was Newcastle. <laughs> Sorry, not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get the logic. <laughs> yeah, we, we get the logic. We'd love to have the... As much as they are our rivals and stuff, we've, me and Joss have discussed many a time that... It's no point in having a rivalry unless the rivalry is competitive from both sides. Um, yeah. We'll move on to this next one. Now, it's, it is pretty well known that you're a supporter of the Toon, Newcastle United. Mm-hmm. Care to give us some background as to why you chose them and what are your thoughts on Steve Bruce as a manager? Um, why I chose them, I didn't choose them. I got it chosen for me because my dad's a Geordie, so it's kind of oh, trust the only me, way. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I did. I did choose them, and yeah, that that's fair. I, I've enjoyed supporting them, um, even though it's been difficult in some respects. There's always something happening with the club. Steve Bruce is a manager. Um, fair play to him. He he did better than I thought he would last season in terms of our finishing position. Uh, the style of football that we played wasn't exactly overly inspiring, but I've been optimistic about our. Uh, transfer dealings so optimistic in the sense that I've been surprised at what we've come up with so far and now I'm optimistic about possibly we might be playing a better brand of football which is going to give a give ourselves a better chance of having a more comfortable existence in the Premier League as opposed to the last couple of seasons the one thing I will say on the Steve Bruce Steve Bruce front of things is that he is a very defensive manager especially when he was at our club many 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 moons ago I personally am a Birmingham City supporter, so we endured 10 years of him at the Reigns. Yeah. Made the club very, very defensive-minded, but even as well, got to give him props as well, got us into the Premier League for the first time. Yeah, and it's a difficult thing because you can see what he tries to do with the club. It's it's make them really difficult to beat so that mm. when they get promoted, they're not just going to bounce straight back down and... Yeah, that doesn't really cut it with a Newcastle supporter group because we we should be comfortably inside the top half. Yep. We feel we should be of the of the Premier League, and um, that's an interesting way to go about it. But he's not too dissimilar to Rafa Benitez, and even though everyone loves Rafa and everything like that, he um, yeah he he's a defensive minded, and you we're going to be hard to beat type of coach. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Absolutely. Jen Wells has quickly thrown in here. How excited are you with uh, the Callum Wilson signing? Yeah, it's a good one. Really like it, actually. Um, really like it. He's dynamic. He's a, he's a really good striker. So hopefully he gets the service and building a, a nice little front line. We lost Dwight Gale. I think he's an improvement on Dwight Gale, with all due respect mm-hmm. to Gale. But yeah. um, hopefully it gives Joel Linton a bit – it relieves his pressure. But we've got some really quick players um, – uh, Sam Maximan and also Almiron. So, yeah, we can we can play direct and, and hopefully we can build a bit more possession. And I think we we need something in the middle of the park as well to to make us uh, an even better side or uh, perhaps a better proposition than what last season served up. To be fair, Bruce, uh, Bruce is very good at finding and nurturing young English talent as well. He's very good at picking up decent English players and 
and working them into better stars as well. He did again, worked wonders, did the same thing at Birmingham, but it, it's just been this sort of similar thing that he did at Sunderland, and he's just been like that all the time. Yeah, and hopefully it continues this season. Absolutely, we'll continue on with obviously plays. Um, who is your current A League favourite player? Um, Milos Ninkovic and oh, Diamante for his personality. I think he's hilarious. He's <laughs> uh, oh, insta feed. Big person. Yeah, it's it's great. Just a big personality. What the league needs. But Ninkovic, just when I see him play live, he's so well balanced and so hard to get the ball off and makes the right decisions. Yeah, I just enjoy play, watching players like that. They, they use their brains a lot. All right, we'll move very quickly on to our next one, and that is, have you ever considered getting into coaching? Yeah, I do. I am, actually. <laughs> um, I coach the under-13s down at Manly United. So um, at the moment, it's parents' reports time, which is, which is fun, so giving feedback. But my son's in the system as well. So in that respect, I know what a parent wants, which is, which is good. And, yeah, it's been a really valuable experience so far for me personally and hopefully it has been for the kids in some way um but i've learned so much of the kids and and learned so much more about football um as opposed to two years ago so yeah it's been a a really worthwhile experience yeah absolutely um what we'll do is chat obviously we'll quickly pump through these and obviously if there's any um decent ones afterwards we'll get to them we do thank everyone for jumping on and tuning in tonight obviously again having adam peacock on is obviously you know it's a good insight, obviously, what you know, what he sees, obviously, on game days and everything else and, obviously, what he expects. And um, we've obviously the A-League moving forward. Um, who is the most passionate A-League supporter you have ever met? Cool. You've met a few, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah there's, there's plenty from every club. There's, there's Steve from Adelaide United, who yep. obviously spends a hell of a lot of his personal wealth I'm not sure if he's got a. I'm not sure he's flush with cash, but he goes to every single game. Um, I mean, Vandenberg loves his club. I'll say that for him. Um, <laughs> but Toddy up there at Newcastle, he he, yeah, he's what I classify as your your, your wonderful supporter. Um, not to say that Matty isn't, but you know he can yeah. be a bit of a pest sometimes, Matty. Um, <laughs> no, he's a good kid. He means well. He means number well. one, ser- number one serial pest. That's why we keep yeah. saying it to you, Matty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he means well. He means well. Um, but yeah, Toddy up at Newcastle, uh, Steve at um, at at Adelaide United. Uh, two that stand out. The two that I personally have got to to meet and and have a have a yak to. Um, but that's not to say they don't exist at every single football club. Oh, the guy from Newcastle, oh, yeah. he's a everybody's Western got United one. Fan. Um, he's a Western United fan, and he, he follows a team. It, well, his team in Newcastle plays in green and black, so that's why he started this. Um, he discovered Western United, and now he oh, he's, he's a fanatic. Josh. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. But just people like that, and I'm sure every other club. Has it? Oh, Jakey Banks. I've got to mention him, the Mariners. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful human, and just so enthusiastic, and and loves his club so much. But I'm sure if you you Brisbane, Perth, um, the Melbourne clubs, the Sydney clubs, uh, Wellington. Yeah, there's um, every club's got one. Yeah, every club. There's guys from Perth that travel over to every away game. There's people from New Zealand that travel and do like this A League hit every year and. Yeah, just, just those people who are, who are 
are um, well intentioned enough to, to love their club that much that they'll put their hard earned and, and, and follow them wherever they are. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, the A League needs more of them, but it's good to see that there's at least a few of them. Yeah, no, respect to Wellington. Obviously, we um, they always do right by us, obviously, going over there. More than happy to pick us up from the airport and everything yeah. else. And absolutely great bunch of blokes, a whole lot of them over there, to be fair. So, uh, you got the next one? Uh, yeah. Um, left, a bit left to field, this one. But do you think Tara has what it takes to commentate a full A-League match? And are we likely to see something like this in the future? Um... I'm not going to rule that out, and there's no reason why it should be ruled out. But oh, mm. I, that is—I'd love to see it. To be honest, for Tara, if she wants to do it, she's got the work ethic to to be able to do it. it it's it's up to her if she wants to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that she can or can't, mm. if she's suited or not. But what I do know is that the amount of research she puts in, the amount of preparation that she puts in, I don't think anything's outside the realms of possibilities in terms of what she can do with her career, but that, that's up for her if she wanted to do it. So, And, and you can tell um, as well the amount of passion that she has for the game as well, just by the way that she she holds herself and presents herself and, and does her research into her football knowledge and things like that too, playing herself, supporting her club. Yeah, she she doesn't take it for granted, but and she obviously lo- loves the sport as well. So mm-hmm. there's two, two pretty um, important factors in terms of um, getting the most out of yourself if you, if that happens to be your occupation. Absolutely, um, and good luck to her, obviously. Um, what do we got here? After watching Western United this season, uh, what are your thoughts on MacArthur next year? Yeah, it's. I think Mark Redan wanted to do what Western Sydney Wanderers did in their first season to make a real statement. That They didn't make the statement that Wanderers did, but they certainly made, to some degree, a great progress as a new club. Um, and I think MacArthur has to go along those lines. And Ante Milicic looks to be building a pretty good squad. Now, hopefully they get a supporter base, which is rock steady to start with, five or 6,000, nothing ridiculous. And then it can build off there. And they set a clear identity about what the joint's about um, that, that can sustain itself. And I reckon Wanderers have lost that over the last couple of years, certainly what Popo instilled at the start. Now, um, MacArthur have got a really... Uh, really big opportunity. Any new club that comes in has got a massive opportunity to kind of make a statement straight away and hopefully they've got the backing for the board. There have been some shuffling around at ownership and board level, which is never an ideal situation, certainly, because you want a, a great de- degree of stability there while you're trying to build something. But whether or not they can overcome that remains to be seen. But what I do know, that they, they, they look to be building a, a quite a handy squad First up, and they've got a guy who absolutely lives and breathes football um, in the same realm of, as the gentleman I mentioned. And ironically enough, they're both of they're all of Croatian descent, and they've all come out in some way out of um, of Sydney, Croatia. Is Tony Popovic and Mark Redan and Ante Milicic fits that kind of mould really well. But in having his own ideas about how he wants the game played and how he's going to build his squad. Yeah, no, absolutely. A few guys in here, obviously, have put in MacArthur sold out and platinum memberships today. So, obviously, yeah, good, good on. They're obviously doing I'm the right thing. I'm surprised at that, given yeah. all the, the, the crap they took for, uh, for yeah. the overpricing. And it looked, it did, by comparison, it looked to be totally overpriced. But um, mm. I don't know how they've done it, but they've done it. So, good on them. It yeah. just shows yeah. that the FFA have done their due diligence in looking at places to, to put those new clubs and that there is actually a supporter base there to start with. Um, and, and that's reflected in, in those numbers and selling out those platinum memberships. Correct. Yeah, well, hopefully it 
hopefully it all translates into that. It's one little aspect of building a club and, and making sure that you've got good support. So um, a few other things have got to come off the back of that. That's the general football population out there in the southwest of Sydney. It's also the community support in a general sense from government level and also sponsorship level with local businesses getting behind it. So, yeah, there's a couple of um, areas that they really need to nail down and, and active support and, and big support is, is one of those and hopefully that's um, a sign of good things to come. Yeah, absolutely. Benna? Um, in your opinion, how far do you think the A-League has come since the beginning, way back in 2005? Yeah, it's, it's, it's come away, but uh, there's still a lot that needs to be done to make sure that it, it does feel like at the moment it's just living from month to month almost or, or like quarter to quarter rather than looking ahead, right, this is what we're going to be in five years' time. This is what we all want it to look like. This is where we want the club finances to be in terms of sponsorship and building a, um, a community feel about each club and, and making sure that if you're a supporter of a, to that club and you – end up having kids, those kids like happened to me with my club, Newcastle United in England, that it just got passed on as a generational thing. Mm. And that's how you build a long-term success. So um, they really have to bed down in their communities, their respective communities, and really, really have to grow that aspect of it. Um, so hopefully that can come, but they've, they've got to sort out their finances and they're, they're going to have a bit of a lull, I think, in the next 12 months in terms of that and 24 months because of COVID. And also the fact that the salary cap's going to take a chop and it looks like it's heading in another direction in terms of broadcast revenue, but that's one aspect of it. Broadcast revenue for some clubs is only 15 to 20% of their overall revenue. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of scope for other revenue and, and one of the big areas in terms of, and we're, we're think, talking about big picture stuff and linking the game, is transfer activity and getting involved in the world football economy. It just hasn't done, that hasn't happened here in Australia. And it has to change. Look at Libby Kakache, just moved for two million bucks or yeah. around that figure. That's a, that's a lot of money for that's an A-League club. So, yeah, you, you, you're not going to produce a Libby Kakache every year, but you can build towards it. You can at least try. So, yeah, um, there, there's a lot to be done in the, the realm of, of development, player development. And that includes linking up and betting down with your local football communities, your local NPL clubs, and having that, um, that basis, that pyramid right, and then second divisions come in and all of that. So, yeah, everything has to, to have a sense of togetherness more so than it does right now. Yeah, absolutely, which was obviously going to lead straight into my next question in regards to, obviously, the salary cap. And, you know, it's going to obviously make things a little bit difficult if it does um, drop, like all reports are saying. Um, so, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Not only is it going to drop, but you're also going to get, there's also going to be that lack of international player coming in as well due to the travel restrictions and things like that. So I think it's a good opportunity for a lot of younger Australian talent to, to finally step up and show what they're made of and make themselves a name and a force in the A-League. Well, look at Adelaide. I really enjoy watching Adelaide play after the break. And, yeah, yeah you, you've got to have those kids ready and, and moulded in the right way. And Carl Viet. Um, had a lot to do with them when they were at the Institute in South Australia. So they looked to have a little production line happening then. That's that's the template for the other clubs to operate off and it's opportunities for young players and they need that second division and or um, youth league to, to really, um, at a high level, uh, develop themselves and then start playing A-League because I actually do agree that A-League is not a development league um, in the sense that it's the finishing school. It's not a... 
absolute development league. Yep. Teams got to win. You you, you got to win. Um, you got to try and win. It's it's performance is really important, but it's not about improving players. Players need to be of a certain standard to make it uh, really pal- palatable to to involve yourself each and every weekend with your spare time to be able to watch it. So. A lot to go into it, um, but you're right. I think there's going to be huge reliance like we've never seen before in Australian football next season on young players. Yeah, obviously that's exactly it. We had Laurie on last week, and obviously as he stated, you know, it's going to be very hard to find the international players, obviously with families and so forth, obviously with everything going on. So unless they're sort of, you know, single and everything else, um, yeah, obviously we are going to have to rely heavily, obviously on the youth system, which again is probably not a bad thing. Um, It'll be good to see. Especially for a Jets point of view, like us, Ben, obviously, you know, watching someone like Carl, um, who we've had on as well, and virtually yeah. come out and state that he thrives on youth, and um, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to see him get the best out of him next year. Also, as well, gonna... going back to Kenny's interviews that we've done with him as well, he has a real passion for working with youth as well. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next year. Uh, we've got another one here. Who were some of your journalistic icons you looked up to? Um, how did they help you develop your unique style of journalism? Um, I was really lucky when I started at Channel 7. Uh, I got to work with a guy that I wa- watched a fair few times and have since, obviously, every time the Olympics comes around or every time there's a game of AFL footy on, uh, Bruce McAvey. Oh, yeah. Um, so I got to work with him really closely when I started and a couple of other guys behind the scenes that really moulded me into looking at things differently um, and, and in different ways in respect of, um, yeah, it's it's just a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to explain, like mentorships, idols, things like that. There's people you admire but people you actually mould yourself on um, or, or people you love watching and then people you mould yourself on, it's a, it's, I think there's a difference. Um, so, like, for instance, I love watching Sam Pang on television, but I'm not going to be Sam Pang, <laughs> if you know what I mean, because <laughs> he's just a funny bastard and he makes me laugh and feel good about myself. But in terms of what I want to be, um, I was lucky really in my career. I had Bruce McAvaney and then I had a couple of others like uh, a guy called Neil Kearney, who can tell a story and you might have seen his feature stories on things like Olympic Games or, or Melbourne Cup coverages for Channel 7 and another executive producer who you, you won't know so I won't mention his name um, who really helped me with a, a lot of other aspects. So, yeah, it's, it's about – and this goes for anything and I, I tell my kids this as well. Like um, you've got to work out who you admire in, in the sense of who might help you as a teacher open your mind to different things and they're the best. They're, they're the best kind. So um, I was lucky to have those three gentlemen as my career started that kind of pushed me in the right direction. And I certainly don't think I would have if I didn't have those three. I might have had someone else, but if I didn't have those three, I wouldn't be like I am today, which is, is fortunately having a career that's so fast um, lasted over two decades. And, exactly. and, and as far as I'm concerned, especially in the realms of A-League and football, long may it continue. Thank absolutely. you. Long may it continue. Uh, same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it any better. Um, we'll take one more here, Ben. Obviously, we'll quickly duck over the chat side of things yep. before we wrap up. <laughs> Does Adam like the stretcher bearer for the Jets? Stretcher bearer for the Jets? 
the stretchy um, bears. What are your thoughts on the stretchy bears? Is that you guys? No, nah, nah, good nah, one, one, of the <laughs> one of the guys in the chat. Oh, I don't know. I don't look at stretcher bearers, thankfully. I'm not a stretcher bearer <laughs> connoisseur or watcher. So, and that's, um, and that's why he still got his job. <laughs> there you go. Well, who are the stretcher bearers? Lucky Ma. Lucky Ma. Okay. Um, he's just, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good good bloke. He um, does a lot for the Newcastle Jets, obviously. Takes up a fair bit of his, obviously, you know, Uses a bit of his um, spare time, obviously, to help him out, which is a good thing. Um, Fair enough. What do we got here? What are your thoughts on the state of the W League and how much do you think the World Cup in 2023 will help the progression of the women's game? Uh, greatly, it will. I'll just go back to the Sydney Olympics. I look at all the Olympic sports that everyone focused on in 2000 mm. and the years leading up, 96, 97, 98, 99. Uh, there was funding. There was attention paid to it. Yeah, Um Absolutely, it will help the women's game and, and probably more so it will help after it as well because we'll get a nice little slush fund, if you like, to, to kind of distribute and hopefully that's put in the right areas in terms of development programs to future-proof the women's side of things particularly, but hopefully all of game. But, yeah, the priority has to be the women's game because it is the Women's World Cup coming here. So hopefully that we can have the standard of player that we've got right now, like, for instance, overnight having eight players play in the, um, the English league, which started, and having uh, Mary Fowler playing over in France and also Ellie Carpenter over in France as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully it does and it will have a bit of a spike and hopefully it's a big, big spike. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that. With the W League, I think it's going to have to have a bit of a reset. I don't think they'll be allowed to rely on the international players like they have, um, which is not a bad thing. So just scout the best kids that are out there playing. I, I've, I witnessed the game. It was under 13s. It was my club, Manly United. We played against North Shore Mariners a couple of weeks ago. And there was a 13-year-old girl that came on. She might have been 12. I'm not sure. She was under 13. She was the best player in the park boy or girl she yep. was amazing so the talent is certainly there she was incredible i was blown away by her and i've i've got no doubt if she continues to develop the way um she looks to have developed so far she'll be playing in an australian shirt she was that good she was amazing so hopefully they're coming through thick and fast and we've got a great number to choose from and great attention has been placed on the development pathways for the women's game and the w league will suit that because it might become the place where the 16, 17, 18-year-old gets their game time and then gets in the short window to go overseas. And that's a good thing. Yeah, look, 100% you go back three, four years ago when we had a very young, as you mentioned, Ali Carpenter coming through the system, bounced around a couple of the WLE clubs before making a move over to the US to um, the Portland Thorns and then again overseas to, to Lyon and now is one of Women's Champions League. And then um, another personal favourite of mine is... Um, Young Tessa Tamplin, fullback for the Jets. Jets women, a lot of talent, very young. And very much in the same mould as an Ali Carpenter that can, you know, maybe not look to imitate that, but, you know, look at somebody like an Ali Carpenter and go, same position, same sort of mindset sort of thing. I can get myself there if I push myself really hard. Mm. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. Ben, you've got, we've got one there. Yep. In the chat. There's a few in the chat. We'll go with uh, this one here from Jen Will, and that is, does Adam Haddon have an AFL team? Uh, yeah, Swans. Sydney Swans. Yeah. Yep, I like watching the sport, <laughs> even though it's, it's, I don't know, they've, they've fooled around the rules a bit too much. Uh, I don't like how it's reported on and put on a pedestal by 
people who report on it. Yeah. Or not that I don't like it. I just think it's completely overblown. It's a good sport, mm-hmm. but it's not yeah. as good as they, the, the people that they <laughs> are saying yeah. it is. It, it, to the detriment of every single other sport in existence in Australia. Yeah. Um, it's just completely overblown some of it but it's a it's a bloody exciting sport to watch and it's a it's a it's a great australian invention but um yeah let's cool our jets a bit it's played by one country in the whole world and there might be a reason for that yeah it's exactly right a little bit a little bit of favoritism as far as i'm concerned as well especially after watching a few of the last couple of days of what's been going on with them getting oh, up, yeah. to, uh, up to brisbane and so forth a bit of bit of special treatment we uh, nudge nudge and Seems like obviously Brisbane, who had to quarantine, I believe, in a hotel and couldn't couldn't go home. So yeah, um, yeah, let's yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, Luke's got the exact I mean, answer there. What's AFL? <laughs> 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 uh, Enigma's put in here. Do you think Fox will ever get an ex referee on the panel to explain all of the calls? No, no, <laughs> no. Um, no. We, we should know the rules enough. That uh, yeah, the, and the beauty of it is we've got a sideline reporter. We'll go up the fourth official and say what happened. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's sure. that's what should happen. And that and thankfully, in my experience, sitting on the sideline, that all the fourth officials are really good to deal with. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? There's another one I just seen before. I mean, and you got to remember as well the the rules and the with the refs that are doing their job as well. It's very much. You know, there's a lot of rules that are open to the interpretation of the referee as well. So, one, if, even if you do have a referee in the studio, you, he could go one way with it when the ref on the park's gone another way about it. So, it doesn't really, you know, answer the question so much. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, the, the, I mean, you look at the NBA one, and the, the 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 old official just always agrees with what's happened on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I. I, I yeah. I, I, when I've started calling games in the last couple of months, I've, I've made a note to myself to go, don't go on too much about referees because what they decide can't be changed. So just call the game and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of dwelling too much on big, big decisions. Sure, if they're game changers, discuss them. But, I mean... A lot of a lot of players like a, make a lot of mistakes, and sure, mm-hmm. if there's an absolute howler from a referee or whatever, yeah, give it the the airing it deserves. But if it's a fifty fifty or it's a controversial one, there's a reason why it's called a fifty fifty or a controversial one because some people agree it was and some people don't. So yeah, yeah just have to get on with life. Uh, ab- absolutely, um, and, and to be fair, Arben. and to be oh. fair, we, we we smash them enough at home. Mm. I'm sure um, we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, VAR, yes or no? Uh, um, I don't know. I, I like the concept of it, yep. but I don't like it to the detriment of finances. If it's costing too much, I'd rather money be spent in other areas. I actually enjoyed the fact Correct. that when the league came back, there was no VAR and everyone seemed to take their foot off the gas a bit with the reps. Yeah. So knowing that it wasn't there actually helped in some way that we'd yep. been there, but I can't see it changing. It's, I think the, yeah. the cat, cat's out of the bag. And, yeah, it, it gets gets ones right. Um, there was one in the uh, – oh, what game was it? I think it was a Melbourne City game. Where 
Western United Melbourne City game. Yeah, that was yeah. really hard to pick off the eye, and mm-hmm. and and Hawkeye got it and got it right. So it's yeah, it's it's really really difficult. It's one of those things we've created a monster. We've let it out. The world, the, some of the other leagues around the world have experienced, and they're just everyone wants to put it back in the box now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's created. You've created a monster and maybe goal line technology only is the way to go. Yeah. See, I'd 100% agree with bringing in goal line technology. Always always been a fan of goal line technology. But yeah, for all its good points, there are some difficult points. I think that A, it stops a lot of the, the passion for the fans for those, you know, what we would call controversial calls that, yeah. that, that fuels, you know, the sort of active base to get a bit more active for the rest of the game or the next 10 minutes afterwards or however long it be. But it's also that comes at a, at a detriment when play needs to be stopped. A team loses momentum that they would then have to build that sort of momentum back up again. And it doesn't always work out that way because they've had yeah. to stop for a long amount of time. I am also of the belief that if it stops for that amount of time as well, or a long enough amount of time, you're going to get players that who, whose muscles are going to cool down. So there's a slightly higher risk there of injuries as well. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just needs a little bit quicker and everything else. And let's, let's, we could go on about VR a bit for ages. 2018 grand final. Don't, don't. Rob Don't. <laughs> we say, we, we'll, we'll move on from don't. that. Don't. Um, I flew from Melbourne to Sydney on a plane full of Melbourne Victory supporters wearing a jet shirt. Don't. <laughs> With Lubo, Just, I believe, as well. Yes, with Lubo. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have we got? It was a rough flight to Sydney, put it that way. <laughs> um, one of your one of your favourite A-League goals that you've, that you've seen over the years? Uh, the Memorable. Riley McGree one, I still can't quite comprehend. Oh, scorpion kick. How it happened. Um, I, it, time stood still. I was there that night. It was mm. just incredible. Yeah. Uh, oh. That was very. Oh, I remember watching it back, and was... it was just, "What? What have I just seen?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my favourite ones was the one that Brisbane scored against Melbourne Victory in a regular season game a few years ago. It was when I think it was the season they won it in fourteen fifteen. Yep. Uh, so they did the double, and then they had a year off winning it, and then they won it again that year, and they cut Victory apart with like this fifteen to twenty pass move. It was just superb. Um, just synchronised football, basically. It was just the, the ball moving and it looked like it was meant to happen all the way along. So a, a goal like that is, um, it certainly stands out. But for, for pure memory um, about still being able to picture everything happening was the, the Riley McGree one. That was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. What's Chris putting here? <laughs> if, if not for VAR, Wolves would be in the Champions League. Very true. <laughs> I'll, admit, I'll, I'll be with you on that one. Yes, I'm, I'm with you there, Luke, as well. Top of Stanley's goal from this season. Time stood still oh, for that one, too. Screamer. Yeah, it was an absolute one. screamer. Yeah, there's, been, there's been so many, though. The one, the one Del Piero, that free kick he hit against us. Ben oh, Kennedy yeah. Just, just standing still, just watching this ball just... Went, yeah, just I'm went, yep, well that. done. I hope that's, I hope that's not going in. And, yeah. And it did. And it did. And, and it did. <laughs> Timmy Kales from halfway. There's so many. Oh, yeah. Timmy Kales was Timmy a special Kales one well. in that opening game, yeah. Um, obviously, what have we got here? We've got a couple more. We'll let, let him go. Since qualifying for our first World Cup in almost 32 years back in 06, what are three things you feel have helped us in qualifying for the past four straight World Cups? 
um, reputation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, um, and being in Asia as well. So being in Asia and then reputation and uh, good management, I think, as well. Um, being able to negotiate tricky, tricky places in long World Cup qualifying campaigns and we've been able to do it uh, under three different managers, so Pim Verbeek and Holger Osek and also uh, Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, well, no, I, I tend to feel that a lot of other nations sort of that used to uh, underestimate us don't do that anymore either. No, no. Or be scared of us either. Yeah, yeah no, very true. Ben, you got one of the last All ones. Right. Uh, we've got, what was it like covering Socceroos events with the great Les Murray? Can you give us some insight into what he was like as a person and or a mentor for every Australian journalist or presenter? Um, I can't comment too much about being a mentor because I did... I, I, I never experienced that because I never worked with him per se because I was never directly involved with SBS. But I remember actually saying there's one story. I, I saw him because uh, I only started going to World Cups. I did, uh, my first World Cup was 2014, so um, Brazil. And then I went to 2018. But I, I remember 2014 like it was, like it was yesterday um, because I was walking down Copacabana Beach and it's just shop front after shop front, and it goes for like five k's. It's it's huge, and I just happened to walk around the corner, and in a coffee shop that I sat down to have something to eat. Literally on the next table was Les Murray. So it it wasn't like oh what a coincidence this is because it's a country of what 100 million people or whatever, and Les mm-hmm. Murray happens to be sitting right there. I, I knew that the international broadcasters were broadcasting from nearby because I was staying there as well, mm. and then. Then the um, yeah, then I piped up and he goes, "Oh, young man, what are you doing here?" And I went, "Oh, cool, <laughs> Les." <laughs> so I just, I just sat down and had a yak to him about World Cups, and it was it was fascinating, and and the things he's seen, the the, the people he's been involved with. I didn't um, ask about all the people he's been involved with because there's some pretty shady shit that went down with the old uh, 2010 World Cup bid, and unfortunately, Les had a bit to do with introducing a couple of those shady characters to yeah. our <laughs> bid team, but um, really, I mean, what he did, uh, he, did if, um, he did so much for the sport uh, in Australia, and yeah, he became synonymous with, with the sport, and there was a reason for that, so it was good to be able to share that little, or have that little memory um, with Les, but I, I certainly didn't know him as well as some of the other guys did and, and some of the other people that worked at SBS. Actually, it was funny. On the way home today, I actually, um, just on, on Spotify, Zinedine Zidane, the song he made with... Um, oh, the World uh, Cup song. The World Cup yes. song for Zinedine Zidane. Come on me, Spotify. It's an absolute classic. If you haven't seen that, go check Love it. Out. I've got it in the car okay. as well. <laughs> Les, Les Murray um, rattling off hundreds of bloody... Yeah, somebody's taking him... Like Les Murray saying about a hundred different footballers' names throughout his career, and they've made it into a song. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah really good. Worth uh, worth a listen. Um, rightio. Well, we've got probably about three more, and we're going to let Adam go. We've got one here. Where was it? How is Bozzer to work with? Pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah, good fun. <laughs> That's good pretty fun. straightforward. Yeah. 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 Good the hi- the hyena laugh. Oh fuck. Exactly. <laughs> the hyena laugh. It's good fun. It says Just it all. Tune, yeah, it, it, tune it, it, that out. <laughs> no, it's part of him. That's all good. Yeah. Uh, what we got? Who are the up and coming countries in Asian football? 
Oh, you'd have to look at countries like Vietnam and, and Thailand and, oh, I mean, yeah. Indonesia's a bit of a basket case, but, uh, yeah, Vietnam has got a really big reputation as an under-23 squad and they had a big reputation mm-hmm. going into the last Asian Cup, but, yeah, them um, and Qatar, I mean, <laughs> they won the bloody thing. Um, their Aspire Academy has obviously started to produce some players, so let's see if they can do the business when they host a World Cup. Absolutely. Uh, can we see the Australian-New Zealand football rivalry intensify in the future? Hope so. Yeah, I'd like to see regular games, and even if it's just... Even just friendlies. Okay. Yeah, friendlies, and even if it's just A-League players playing. Um, yeah. I'd like to see consistent youth league game, uh, youth competition games, because they're obviously doing something right over there in New Zealand. Sapreet Singh and also Libya Kakacho going the last mm-hmm. two years, and Callum McKenna as well, going up to um, the Northern Hemisphere. So, yeah, I... I I've got no, there's no reason to suggest, especially in a, a COVID world where we can't start flying our teams around here, there and everywhere, that Absolutely. once the borders start opening up again, like, yeah, let's play more, uh, more youthly, more youth level internationals, like under 15, 16, 17s against the yep. Kiwis. Why not? Absolutely. Well, obviously the, the FA, um, FFA Cup's obviously been cut. So, yeah, Anzac Day special, maybe something like that. Trans- exactly. Why not? Um, well, I've got one more for you, mate, and it's pretty, again, straightforward. Fox Sports 2021, covering the A-League. Yes? No? Hope so. Yeah, well, yeah, for you, I hope <laughs> so. But, for you, I hope so, but obviously with everything going on and so forth, are we, do you feel we're in, like, are there any closer or is it just it's still all up in the air? Honestly, not sure. Yeah. They've got to work out when they're going to start the next competition. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, they've, they've valued it at a rate where they believe it sits right now rather than what it did when they signed that deal. And, yep. yeah, it's I, everyone hops on Fox Sports, but surely if an organisation gives another organisation $500 million and at the end of 15 years the product doesn't have a valuation where a lot of people should think it should be, is it the people who have paid the $500 million fault or is it the people who own the, the property? Um, really, it's, it's to the detriment of its own doing the, uh, the A-League in, in the state it's in and, and how it's been treated in particular with this governance garbage that's gone on the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. Fox have just gone, look, <laughs> almost to the point where we've done all that we can. Like, what, what more do you want us to do? We're not a charity, we're a business. So. Yeah. Yeah, people can blow up and beat their chest about some of the decisions being made. I'm not going to go into detail about all of them because there's hmm. there's a few of them that seem to be very very topical. But all I can say is that, with, like in the football department um, where I work, we absolutely care about the product we put out, and you can't tell me that that grand final coverage wasn't a good one. So absolutely, like, we're, we're we're trying as best as we can, and those decisions are totally out of our hands and made by people who exist on level two and get on with the business of running a business, and we get on with the business of putting the television together. And yeah. they coexist, yeah, and they're part of the one organisation, but they are separate in some re- regards in terms of. Um, yeah, that, that's what they do, and we stay out of that, so we're not compromised in what we do. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be fair, the Fox Sports coverage is, it's, I, I don't think you, you could get any better here domestically in Australia. The, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, they're the right people for the job. Like, even not even going into, like, grand final coverage, just your, just your ordinary, like, regular, you know, weekend coverage of said games in that weekend. It, it, yeah. It's top class, and... and 
I, I don't think there is another. You're not going to get that on a KO. You're not going to get that on a BN Sports. It'll just be 90 minutes, you know, zero to 90 minutes. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, KO is Fox Sports. But yeah, I, yeah. I get what you mean. Like, Optus do a good job with what they have. Yeah. And th- th- that's what everyone's hoping that Optus come in. But they haven't shown just yet that they're prepared to put any money into the local Australian game. All their rights have gone offshore. So. Until they say that, you, you can't really say that they're going to be the saviour. So yeah. we'll, we'll wait and see exactly what happens. But um, if, if it, say, it did go to Optus, I don't think the production values would go down too much because they do a good job over there. A lot of the people came from Fox Sports who work at Optus Sports. Um, yeah. The free-to-wares, people look at the free-to-wares and say, why don't they get involved? Put simply, the, the financial model of free-to-wear television is busted. Yeah. Because it yeah. relies on one thing and one thing only, and that's commercial revenue. And at the moment, that's not a good thing to rely on, um, yeah. even though that, that at the top level, they do some damn good productions. But yeah, but at the same um, point there as might well, be other the free to wears are running a business as well. So if, if the product is not, if they as the free to air station don't think that the, the product that is, that like the football itself is a viable product to be able to sell to the viewer base, then they won't pay the money to, to sub-license it from, say, a Fox Sports. Correct. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, I think we've got one more there for Ash, Ben. I'll let you say that for one. Ash, for Ash, for Ash, Where is it? Uh, Ash train. Oh, yeah, the bottom one here. Ash train thoughts on how Yeah, Melbourne... thought, thoughts on how Melbourne City, City Football Group takeover has improved the league with the youth development. Um, if at all. It's been okay. Mm. It's not been as good as it could be because there's no... I mean, those kids who are not playing A-League, they're playing MPL 2 and 3. Yeah. Uh, I can't see how that is overly beneficial to what they're trying to do with those kids, those kids or the greater Australian, the greater Australian football. Um, so when a 17-year-old who goes out of that competition then goes and tries and qualifies for a World Cup, not easy. So, yeah, they're victim of their own circumstance a little bit in terms of where those kids are playing. Um, have they developed enough coming through the first team? Probably not, but they're a club that can afford to bring in players and probably will can be able to afford to bring in players, and they did get it right this season. But to be fair to um, Montbert, he, he blooded a, f- a few players and Warren Joyce tried to bring a few through as well. So they are trying, um, yeah. but I don't think it's had the, the completely desired effect. And I think if they are able to have a side that is able to play in the second division or a national youth league competition that lasts 30 weeks, then you're going to see their youth development really take off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've made no, we've made no shy statements in saying that we believe that the, that the youth, that the youth league and the, um, and the women's league are just way too short. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I've got 1% left on my phone, by the way. <laughs> That's all good. We're gonna, I'm not we're kidding. Gonna, we're going to wrap it there anyway. We do thank, obviously, um, Adam Peacock for his time for jumping on, talking a bit of football and obviously a little bit about the A-League with us. Um, yeah, obviously, be sure to go check out, obviously, Adam Peacock on, um, what is it, the Fox Sports podcast, I believe. Uh, you've got Archie, Archie and yourself, obviously, on another one. KS Sports, you'll see it all there as we as we were talking about this before. Um, yeah, thanks for your time, mate. Much really appreciate it. Thank very much. Um, thanks for your coverage every week. No, no worries, guys. Have a good one, and, and um, yeah, keep going with this. It's a good idea. Nah, it's too easy, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Have you, mate. Take it easy. Bye. All righty, there we go. Well, what about?
we're going to wrap it up a little bit anyway. Um, yeah, as I said, there we go, guys. Th- thanks very much to Adam Peacock, as I said, once again. It is muchly appreciated for giving up a little bit of his time. He's Talk a very, to us. very busy man. Very busy man, obviously running God knows how many podcasts, Fox Sports, everything else going on. Um, if you have liked, the obviously, the podcast and you are enjoying it, be sure to go subscribe on the YouTube side. It is muchly appreciated. Um, join the Facebook page as well, Crossbar Capers, straightforward. Go give it a like and a follow as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everyone, in here for your questions. Sorry if we didn't get to all of them. Um, there was a couple there I was just going to try and squeeze in, but when you're on 1% battery, you're on 1% battery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward with that. Um, yeah, look, as I said, guys, uh, big shout-out to, obviously, our major sponsor as well, Gabriel Ma, optometrist at Jasmine. Be sure to go check those guys out. Um, yeah, for all your eye care needs, obviously, glasses, prescriptions, sunglasses, kids, everything else. Um, we thank those guys very much for jumping on board this year. Um, other than that, guys, we are going to slowly wrap it up. As I was saying, thanks, everyone, for jumping on. Good interview, fellas. Cheers, Matty. Uh, that was great, guys. Yeah, great night. Cheers, guys. Apologies we Look, didn't as... get through all the questions, guys. Yeah, yeah, we do apologise, obviously, for not getting to all your questions. Stay tuned, though. We will be having a few guests coming on. I can confirm on Thursday, Thursday night, I believe it's 8pm. You'll see it on the Facebook page, obviously, and obviously all around the, the social media aspects when we share the hell out of it again. Um, Stephen Lustiger, Western United, number 10. Yes, he's not a Newcastle Jet. Ex-Western um, Sydney. Ex-Western Sydney. Obviously, we'll take what we can these days. He's uh, gratefully given up a bit of his time on Thursday night to jump on and talk about Western United's first season in the A-League. So we do thank him for that. Um, as I said, guys, be sure to... Do we have uh, friends for that one? Yeah, I, I do believe, as I said, it is. As I said, he's a um, current Western United um, player. So I figured, why not tee up? With the boys again from Western United. Um, from All Out West. From the All Out West podcast, obviously, to um, bring it to you as well. So we'll have those boys on as well to obviously, you know, ask the pro- obviously the real questions, considering they're the fans, obviously, and know what they want to know and so forth. So we will have those guys on as well. Same thing, be sure, pop your questions in. Um, that one will be a lot more for you guys to get involved with, obviously, your questions and everything else. Obviously, the questions we had here were obviously from guys who obviously got questions into us, which was great. And obviously, a few we asked ourselves. Yeah, um, we sat yeah. there for three hours doing it too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, at the end of the day, I hope you guys got a little bit out of it into what you know the broadcasters think of obviously the game, what they think you know they might need improving on, and um, we yeah. hope he never leaves. Yeah. Well, that's, at the end of the day, we, we need Fox Sports. You know, what I mean, they they can't go. Um, in my opinion, like if it, it's, it's obviously it's going to go to KO, it's, it's KO, KO. The only real, t- the only real place I can see it going is Optus Sports, and I don't think mm. they would take it on because at the end of the day, it's too risky. Take, not even, yeah, not even that. I think it's more the fact that oof, what are you going to do? You, you take on the A League, you are then going to need presenters, which then means you are going to virtually have to go to Fox Sports and go right. We need you guys over here because yeah. I haven't got enough people to cover it anyway. Um, they're going to need more people, obviously, on the you know, on the ground and everything else. And Thank you very much, Ash. Like. We appreciate that. Yeah, cheers, Ash. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Um, Are you a City faithful, son? He has a lot of City questions. Cheers, mate. Must be, yeah, must be a City fan. <laughs> must be a City fan. Thanks very that's much. That's all right, mate. We're that. stuck in Melbourne, too. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. 
Yeah, stuck down here in hibernation. Yeah, yeah he's up, up the city. Yes. Up, up the citizens. <laughs> up the citizens. Yeah, mate. Friggin' um. Talking about oh, good old mate Timmy Trumpet. Timmy Trumpet. Good old oh. mate. Good old mate Trumpet from their from their um active. Active, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I did see that. Do do apologise for not getting that one in, but yeah, I I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Terrace, Terrace Trumpet, Jimmy Trumpet. So, Jimmy Jimmy Trumpet. That's him. Correct, correct. So yeah, look as I said, guys. You know, if you're keen to chill out for a little bit, um, you know, twenty minutes or so, half hour, and want to talk a bit of football, obviously, um, we're, we're happy to do that. Um, but yeah, look at the end of the day, it's interesting. As you know, you heard it straight here, Adam Peacock came out and stated himself he was quite in, he, he was quite shocked in regards to MacArthur's prices. So yeah, it, it, taking a obviously watching Fox Sports, obviously, and then sort of sitting there going. What's a bit steep. Um, obviously, you know, it, it's an interesting thing to see. But they got they got there. They got members. How many members it was, I have no idea, whether it's five thousand for there or whatever. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But um yeah, look, you know, good on them at the end of the day, friggin' if they can do it. Melbourne Victory, eleven thousand mem- almost eleven thousand members, which is pretty much our full membership members yeah, base, obviously the Jets. Um, and they're probably looking at at least six months before the friggin' A-League starts. So yeah, they're ready to go. That's the biggest thing. Uh, what have we got here? Yeah, I did see Thanks that. For... I did see that new new Jets news fanage. Luke was telling me in my stream yesterday. Uh, thanks, boys. Great to listen to on the way home from work. Uh, thanks, Chris, mate. Muchly appreciated. Uh, again, guys, if you have missed it or you've missed part of it or anything like that, you can find this on Spotify. It'll be there tomorrow. I'm grabbing and the links I'm... now. I'm already 30 seconds ahead of you. <laughs> um, it'll be on Spotify definitely tomorrow. There's the Spotify by... link. By tomorrow. It's on iTunes as well. Yep, there's the Apple um, Podcast link. Don't quote me on iTunes. I'm not exactly sure how quick yes. we'll get up there. It will be there eventually. Generally, um, rough, rough, rough rule of thumb is 24 to 48 hours. Google are yet to get back to us about Google Podcasts, but they're slack. So, yeah. but you can find it on Anchor, FM, uh, Anchor.fm, or you can find it on Apple Podcasts, and you can find it on Spotify. And the links exactly. are in the Facebook chat. Absolutely, absolutely. If you guys have got any topics, any quick questions you want to ask or obviously discuss, throw them in. Um, as I said, we're doing all right here. We've got a few people in, which is great to see. Um, yeah, look, it's interesting. I don't know what we're going to do. Premier League starts next next week. Get excited! Yeah, uh, we can sit here. We can sit here and rad shit on Ben if we like. Don't again. Don't again. again. I know ben, you're going to say ben, don't. Ben Ben being a Birmingham fan was the only person who knew that he was never going to get past the first round because they never do every year. And I told you we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I told um, you we wouldn't. Our biggest problem <laughs> is that we need a first team keeper. We do not have a first team keeper. <laughs> we do not have a first team keeper and we sorely need one. Word on the street is we're looking at Neil Leatheridge from Cardiff. I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. Back to back, absolutely, Chris. Newcastle Jets news. Edgeworth lost. Absolutely. Hashtag Josh Rose out. Um... <laughs> well, by all reports, from what I'm hearing, he wants out anyway. <laughs> I, I messaged Welcome, him. Welcome, Liam. I messaged him today and, um, yeah, freaking just like hashtag Rose out. And he's like, 
I'm looking for the exit. They told me it was like six rounds. That's it. Now they're adding on four more rounds. They'll probably add on another more. <laughs> yeah, on no. Yes, no. How about the MLS system for A-League? Controversial. Um, basically, we basically <laughs> run off it now. What's that? Thoughts on Jaffa's beating edgy? Look, it was, it was Jaffa's beating edgy. It was going to happen. When, Someone Luke, had to... when Luke told me that the Jaffers were playing edgy, my first response to him was, how many did BK let in this week? <laughs> and he's like, oh, only the one. Brazilian, Brazilian system, system for, a, for AB League. Uh, again, mm. there's that fine line between opening it up and being financially stable to be able to do it. COVID has screwed everything because of it. Correct. And we'll push it back even further than what it already was. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the, the other, most... and then you've got the other debate of whether you bring in MPL teams or you populate with new teams, because the yeah. whole point of the A League initially was to bring in teams that don't have any sort of um, eth- already established ethnic culture. Yep, is the nice way to put it. Yeah, look. It's, oh, it's with regards be... to drafting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to something like that. I, think Ooh, I have some news from today that I saw as well. Oh, what have we got? Harry Kuehl has signed an Australian player. Oh, I did see that. At Oldham Athletic. He has I signed George that. Blackwood from Adelaide. Yes. Um, Good signing. Very good, good signing. signing. I think he'll fit in well with the system. I think he'll fit in well with the league. Um, I, I, you know, it's the A. I think the A League's above him. Um, he's definitely no Saprit Singh. He's definitely no friggin', you know, you know, Aaron Moyes and stuff like that sort of mold and shit like that. But he's definitely but it, yeah. Worthy. But it's it's the youth training that like that correct. younger he's, age training. Correct. He's definitely worthy of a better team than the A League. And it's good to see him go somewhere other than Asia or the Middle East. And correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah. were, were we not offered him a few two years ago by Adelaide for a loan spell? Correct. And we declined? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And well, 18 months later, he's in Europe. Real Europe. Yeah. Real Europe. Yeah. Exactly right. It, it is what it is, yeah. Um, I think, every, uh, what do we got? They have a sustainable system for helping national players. Yeah. Look, I think we're going to see an interesting competition next year. I think the, I think the, the A thing, League. I think the thing as the MLS system works because they have the college system below it to support it. Hey, bring in the MLS system right now with the next MLS coach slash player. I'm all for that. No, <laughs> well, no, but all, I'm talking about the structure. Well, we could take the structure yeah, I'm talking more about the structure of the the way their youth works. It all it is all done through the college system. And, like, they go there on sponsorships to study. There is money to an extent. Yeah. And the college system and the, not only the the sporting side of things, but the academic side of things as well is, you know, provided for them. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the draft comes and a lot of, yeah, no denying, their system works coming through that college system. Will it work here? Probably not, because we don't have that established college system 
where they have that college system, we have a youth league and youth Correct. teams and MPL clubs. Yeah. Correct. Which isn't, it, it might, it isn't good enough here. Yeah. You know, I mean, it definitely needs to change. How they change it, I'm not too yeah. sure. Um, it's worth a look into. Here? The draft system itself yeah. is worth a look into. Yeah. I think, that, I think there should be a free agent draft. Correct. Uh, what do we got? Josh thoughts on how MacArthur will go next season. Yeah, look, we touched on it last week. Um, I'll say the same thing that I said about it, Western United it, when it, they started. Right now, as it sits, MacArthur are in the driving seat. Yep. Right now, it's their league to lose. Why? Because they've spent nothing. They have nothing invested in the league. So depending on how this all plays out and everything happens between now and the start of the league, um, they are in the best position to combat whatever comes out of it and whatever comes their way because they haven't invested so much money into it. You know, yes, they've got a few decent players, but a lot of these players are obviously at the end of their careers. Um, you know, they're not a Robbie Cruz. They're not in the boot. They're not a, you know, the, um, they're, they're an experienced core. They're, yeah. Tom, they're, they're your Tommy Oars. They're your, you Melbourne know. City, whatever his name is, freaking, you, you know, freaking Ash, um, uh, the striker. McLaren. McLaren, that's the one. I all I could think of was McGree, because we're talking about the scorpion kick. I'm sorry, it's not McGree. Uh, um, you know, your, your McLarens and stuff like that, who obviously cost money. But not only do they cost money, they cost mega money. Big money. For an A-League club. Mark MacArthur haven't got that. Newcastle Jets. Everyone's got one. Everyone has that sort of player. You know, a beanie is not cheap. Um, yep. In regards to, yes, he's cheap in comparison to, say, your... your a Jamie McLaren. Jamie McLaren, absolutely. But again, he's not cheap. Um, and obviously a few of the other boys, obviously, that we've still got there. You know, we still have Arroyo. It's no idea whether he's going to come back or not, but we still technically have him. Um, look, yeah, at the end of the day, it's MacArthur's to lose right now. And there's no point of sitting here saying they're going to do well or they're going to struggle until, one, we know exactly when the league's going to start. Two, what every team's going to have to play with. Yeah. Right. So you think about it, right? If if the you, you think about what they've got now, almost three million dollars or whatever it is as a salary cap. Yeah, it's two point it nine drops, something. If it drops to one point six or one point three or some shit like that, which is what they're trying to do, they're gonna have to get rid of some of these players. Yeah. Because they, if they have to chop their cap, they won't be able to afford it. Right? Like prime example, Ash Ash, this is a good one for you, Ash. Obviously, we're talking about friggin' um Bloody, why can't I keep on? <laughs> kind of on-field related, but how different is it to ref in a different country, i.e. the Aussie ref that went to England? Oh, Jared Gillett. No, Jared Gillett. Yeah, he's been um, refing games in the championship. I shudder no, when he gets to the Birmingham game. We'll get there. Because obviously, we'll talk. We'll finish off with the cut. Yeah. Now we're talking about the salary cap. And as I said, Ash is probably a good one to talk about it. Yeah. If they drop that, if they drop that... um. How how are they going to support a McLaren and obviously the, some of the other decent side decent players they've got? They're not, so they're either going to have to a let McLaren go, or they're going to have to keep McLaren and then invest heavily on youth. I mean, if anyone's going to jump up and down about it as a club, it would be City, because whilst they still have more so than any other A League club the financial means to survive in the current climate on that 2.9 mil salary cap. They can't chop it for 10 teams and leave them at full, even though they can't afford it. Everyone will have to be chopped evenly. 
So they're the, they're going to be the ones that are going to stand up and say, well, that's not our fault that the other 10 can't survive because of COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the same time, oh, yeah. put it in there, which I know someone will probably try and put it, sneak it in there. The loan system where you know, oh, the you know, city will just loan the place, and it can't happen. It can't, no. Here. They can't do what they did. But they, if that Melbourne loophole city, is closed. If Melbourne City, Melbourne, if Manchester City or freaking New York City or whatever the hell it is, has an absolute freak of a young talent, like an absolute, like 18, yeah, they'll be able to loan him. Um, no problem. But there's no frigging loaning. I think it's like 23 and over. They definitely can't loan. But again, it goes on obviously what they're worth, what their current value is as well. So if they're yeah, decent yeah. money, he's a, you've got an 18-year-old kid who's still worth $1.6 million or whatever because he's a freak. Take us, Arnie. Yeah, yeah he example. will not be allowed in the, in the A-League. As a first he, still, he still has to fit under the cap. Correct. Um... I'll say the same thing about MacArthur as I said about Western United 12 months ago when I sat here and discussed it. If they make top six, consider it an achievement. If you go further and go top four or whatever, like victory, uh, like um, uh, Western did and made the semis, overachieve. Consider it, a, yeah. consider it a solid season. And with the numbers um, that we're slowly creeping through with their supporter base, the way things are looking, yeah. um, it's going to put them and Western United in a very strong position for years to come. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and that's what we want. As much as we don't like more better teams, it's going to make yeah. the league more competitive. It's going to bring more international players across in the, at, at the end of the day. It's going to blood a lot more Australian youth talent as well. Not only that, but they are going to be able to survive financially and not fall to the wayside like your, your Gold Coast Uniteds and, and your um, New Zealand Knights. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ash... Um... Rustic, mate, if he, if he can get a spot over in Germany or something like that, take run yep. as fast as he bloody well can because next year's going to be an absolute shit fight and as far as I'm concerned, you do not want to be here if you if you don't have to be here. So if there's offers for the well, third division, Hurt, 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 um, is, it, is it Groningen? Yeah. Um, what do we got here? Josh and Ben, are you interested in Alex? Evans Premier League comp he has going. No idea. I've had so many people offer me, ask me if I'm joining their EPL fantasies and freaking per- Personally, no. I, will, I like watching I will, football, but I'm no good at predicting it. Yeah, and that night, I, I don't have time to do it. I always forget. The yeah, I don't either. Shit in them. Um, I don't either. I think they finish 11th bit because I don't think they do, don't think they'll do well. Well, at the end of the day, it's one of those things. Everyone's got their opinion. Um, at the end of the day... Western have set the bar. Well, no. Oh, Western Sydney set the bar. So, so it, it, you can look at the people, the teams that come in. The teams, the stats don't lie. The teams that come in do well. Obviously, yeah. we've, only, we've only witnessed it now with Western United in recent seasons. But Western Sydney came in, they dominated. Yeah, but don't, but don't quote in. me on this. Don't quote me on this, though. I think mm. Western still had to work within the cap, yeah. right? But Western Sydney didn't for the first 12 months. They got an extra million above the cap for the first season. Well, they did because they got a marquee. They had that marquee, that million-dollar bonus for marquees. Mm. That's what that's what helped them there. So that's why they bought um, Ono. 
with that million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they got like they got Tim Cahill on that million dollar deal or whatever it was. Um what do we got here? Kinda on field oh you were saying yeah. Yeah, look, at the end of that that, that one's very simple. That referee friggin' Gillette or whatever it is. Um you know what's what you say what is it again, but how different is it to ref in different? He would be loving life over in England because he would get so much support. He would get so much training. Yeah. He would get so much wealth of knowledge, learning experiences. And he's doing he can, it full time. Get, like, shit, he can referee in the freaking, you know, League 2 and still freaking be way more competitive and way more... Supported. You know, supported um, than what he would in the A-League. So... He's done and, well, and, and also been... as well with higher quality football comes higher quality players. The decisions would generally a bit be a bit more clear, clear cut. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you think if we drop our salary cap, will the AFC react to that in regards to sports? No, absolutely, absolutely. No. I disagree with you on that because it's not really? just us. Because it's not mean? just us; it's every nation. If they punish us with spots, they have to punish every other nation too. And I think they will. But I think they will. But, it's not that... uh, but, if, uh, but it's but in saying that as well, there's still you know the same amount of spots in the AFC. Hmm. They've already worked out how they're going to distribute them over the next five years. We're getting one Correct. less. We get one less spot now. That's Correct. fine. That's fine. But. As much as we are affected as a nation, as a as a footballing nation because of COVID, yeah. those other countries in Asia are doing it just as tough as what we are. And then I don't think they're going to take one spot off us again and drop us to one spot. They won't. They, they won't be looking at spots for another two to three years anyway. They've been distributed the way they are. If if the league does better in Asia, then they may look at giving us another one back. Depend. It, it all depends on the rankings and the seedings within the uh, within the AFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, that... I don't think they. W- I don't think they will. You think the Jets will get good crowds next season because we are good now, twelve thousand plus. Nope. <sighs> look, I think. I th- I can't see crowds being any higher than fifteen thousand um, in attendance. Yep. Maybe other than Perth um, is probably the, probably the only one I can see. Yes, obviously they are virtually just done dusted. They have locked everything up. Uh, but again, that will all depend on how how quickly they open and what they allow in and what they allow out. Bloody da da da. Look, at the end of the day, if you can get five thousand, six thousand people to a game, take it. Yeah. As a win. Um, and the Maybe clubs stuff. and the clubs won't knock it for the simple fact that with again bringing COVID into it, financial reins are going to be stretched. They're going to want as much revenue as they can possibly take. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Uh, Josh, first Premier League games of the season's coming up versus Leeds. How much does Liverpool win by? I'm not going to answer that question right now because not while we think I'm, Alex Evans is floating around in I'm chat. I'm sure Alex Evans is floating around <laughs> somewhere. And, and, and to be honest, to be honest. Um, honestly, I'm not going to take sit here and go. We're going to smack Leeds. I think Leeds playing us first or playing a high team banana skin, even if, even if it wasn't us, a city or something like that. Um, it's a good opportunity and a good chance for them to win it. It's, we, a, ban- it's a banana skin game. We struggle against anyone in in round one. Always, we've been beaten by so many low league, low teams. Pardon me, in round one, it's not funny. So. 
I'm not going to sit here until I have an absolute understanding of who's playing. Right now, our squad is up in the air. Um, you know, we played pretty much other than our back line. Yeah, pretty much. Other than our back line the other day for the first half, pretty much full strength. I'd say 80%, 85% against a team that's sitting freaking where? I think they're in League 2. Um, all right. We didn't show up till half time till we brought all the youth on. You know, we ended up winning 7 7 1 or whatever the hell it was, or 7 2, but it was 2 1 at half time. Yeah. So, and it didn't happen until we brought all the youth on. So, you know, shit, do you give the youth a chance? Um, on the other side of the coin, we play Brentford, who nearly got promoted last season, who beat Wickham in the AFL Cup 4 2 on penalties. Wickham now being a championship side. So, with the way we played against Cambridge the other day, I expect we're going to get smacked on the opening day of the season 3-0. <laughs> uh, I think having like a big chunk of fixtures in a, in a month will happen to speed it up. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I feel like Newcastle should have fans at games we've done so well against COVID-19. Yeah, but at the same time, though, it's freaking one of those things. You take your foot off the gas and you freaking you relax too much. It only takes one fuckwit from Sydney or freaking whatever it is. Like the other day when you went into a freaking bit of a lockdown period. It is what it is. It's it's. I'm not going to sit here and quote on COVID nineteen because these guys are up there living in the life of luxury and freaking being able to go out and go to pubs and cafes and watch sport, play sport, and everything else. Um, and honestly, it's just a sad point and a sore point for me. So I'm not going there. Um, but in saying all, that, all, though, the, are... all the time for those sort of jokes for us are long gone. Victorians, absolutely. Just, Victorians will just snap at the side of one now. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, yeah, I've done but, it a few times. When when all this is over and we're allowed out of this state, we're going to be like freaking balls on heat. Trust yep. me, you do not want to get in our way. We're allowed out. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Um, but other than that, guys, we are going to wrap it up. We're going to leave it there. We do thank everyone for jumping on. We thank everyone for obviously coming in and obviously asking Adam a few questions. Again, we thank Adam for jumping on, giving up a bit of his time tonight to talk football. We will try and get him on, obviously, another time when we are maybe a little bit closer to finding out what the hell is going on and when the league will be starting. Um, again, be sure to tune in on Thursday night, um, 8 o'clock, I'm almost 100% certain. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, Eight o'clock, Stephen Lustiger. We will be joined by the boys from the All Out West podcast as well. Again, we'll post that up tomorrow. Be sure to go and share the hell out of that as well. We thank everyone for jumping on and sharing the hell out of it. 8 p.m. We thank everyone for jumping on and obviously um, subscribing to the channel if he's a new. Thanks to obviously the new guys that have come in. Um, Jenwell was here the other night. Mm -hmm. But thanks to you, mate, obviously. Um, and our good the, mate, the citizen supporter, in here too. Citizen supporter. Oh, mate, Ash the train. Ash, Ash was in here as well. There was a few others in here as well that jumped in for a bit. And everyone who else who didn't get in, obviously, on all the questioning, but was sitting in the background lurking a bit. We do thank everyone. Luke and obviously Maddie, Jeff, Aiden, Lockie. Um, again, Newcastle Jets news bandage. Obviously, he's pretty much here every week as well. We do thank everyone for jumping on. Apologies if I have missed you. Chris, Chris, I believe, was a new one as well. Um, oh, old mate, our Chris was here too. Liam Taffer oh, yeah. on the Facebook side, my old man on the Facebook side. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't have control of Facebook, so I had no idea who was in for that. So thanks to everyone on Facebook. And Andy Morse. Um, oh, very good, very good. But yeah, I'm, we're going to leave it up there. Thanks to Benno for jumping on, as always. Always a pleasure, my friend. Muchly appreciated. Again, can't stress enough. Be sure to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Be Go, go and like the Facebook page. Jump on, if you've missed anything, to Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, um, Google, whenever the hell it, they, they get back to us. Google, Maybe pending approval. <laughs> um, pending approval. But yeah. Other than that, we'll see you guys Thursday. Beyond that, we do look like we've got another two more interviews coming up possibly next week. So we are moving. We are rolling. We hope you guys are enjoying the content so far. Share the hell out of it. Tell your friends. And other than that, we, we hate Coast Scum. We hate Coast Scum. Take it easy, guys. We will speak to you guys really soon. Ciao.